Townsend's going to end on a double doink. 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 Live in the entertainment capital of the world. That's what you want to know? It's the T.C. Martin Show. Yeah, I don't know. I had an idea. Diagnosis. I had an idea. And then, uh... Prognosis. Yeah, I take the serious. Osmosis. Why, it's funny? It wasn't, it wasn't funny. I wasn't laughing about it. Yeah. It's not funny. It's not funny. Nothing's funny. Don't you ever talk about me. Yeah, I don't know. I had an idea. That's the result you won't get. It's the Dr. T.C. Martin. I don't go out there and laugh. The doctor is now in. Oh yeah! On a Tuesday afternoon, our favorite day of the week. You gotta love it. Why? Because that is the day we get to rant, rave, go crazy. Just like we do on every other day. TC Martin Show, streaming live, of course, 2 to 4 p.m. here. And of course, TCMartinShow.com. Nunchuck on the other side of the proverbial glass. Oh yes, a beautiful day. It is. On a Tuesday Afternoon. What are we talking about today? Well, of course, we'll talk a lot about what we did yesterday. College football playoff, college football in general, all of that and a whole lot more today. Steve Berline will join us today. The quarterback, fresh off his taping yesterday with CBS Sports Network, NFL Monday quarterback. Check out Steve Berline on that show with his fellow QBs, 3.30 p.m., Pacific time each and every Monday and replays that follow. And of course, with us here just about every week as well, too, we'll talk to Burline today regarding NFL, last night's game, Monday Night Football, where the Cincinnati Bengals cover and win outright as a 10 point underdog. Feel sorry for my man Marco D'Angelo there. Rough week for him, losing games, food bets, etc. Well, he can't lose today, he's not here. How about that? Paul Buck Power Stewart, our favorite English sportscaster. How's that? Buck Power is going to join us today. It's been a while since he joined us. Do we have more than one? English sportscasters, our favorite? Hmm. Probably. Will you? He is the one and only. Yes. Yeah. You're, you know, I prefer Toby Charles myself. Toby Charles here, soccer man in Germany. I'm still not sure if Toby Charles is English or he's Australian. And I don't know if my accent covers either one of those. See? But it's not Middle Eastern. See, I didn't, I didn't veer off that time. It's one of the first times you haven't. So you got to say, my wrestling impersonations voices, spot on. My race car impersonations, right on. But the English, I, I'm a little off. Is that what you're trying no, to say? The, the English, you're pretty good on. Yeah. But if you go for it for too long. Then I start veering. It starts going to Australia. I start veering. You start going into some shiki in there. Oh, and you, I like, you, I bring, you just go everywhere. I bring you shiki. I bring you shiki anytime, you just brony. You a Hulk Hogan son of a bitch. There you go. My man shiki. Miss shiki. All right, my friend. Yes, a uh, lot to hit on t- today. Hitting NFL, hitting college football. The NBA in-tournament stuff. We've talked a little bit about that. Again, not a big fan. The semifinals and finals coming to Vegas here on Thursday and Saturday. Championship on Saturday. The semifinals on Thursday. Sacramento Kings lose last night to the New Orleans Pelicans. Both teams that were favored last night. So they had the quarterfinals last night. If you're not following this stuff, I can't blame you if you're not following it. 
because it is goofy, no question. I mean, the better teams are not really in this thing, or if they've already been eliminated, or they don't care. But the uh, Celtics lost last night to the Pacers. Pacers, very strange. Pacers had the home court advantage in that game last night. Boston was a five and a half point favorite. Pacers win easy. And then the Kings, a three and a half point choice last night against the Pelicans. And the Pelicans win rather easily. Game was close for the first half. Then Pelicans got it going, went to Sacramento, took care of business. So in the semifinals of the NBA in-season tournament, semifinals will feature the Knicks against the Pacers. Not real attractive. I don't think anybody would pay to see that if it was an exhibition game. What did I say? Did I get that wrong? I, I, think, said Knicks. I, I think there's still games tonight. No, no, no. I just said the semifinals. One semifinal will be the Knicks and the uh, Pelicans. Knicks and Pelicans. No, what am I saying? Knicks. No, today will... Pacers. Yeah. What am I talking about? Pacers. Last night's winners, Pacers and Pelicans. Yeah. Pacers, Pelicans. Yeah. Man, that seems weird to say, doesn't it? Yeah. In, in, in a semifinal of anything. It's fine when you're saying Indy and New York. I was like, they're, New York's playing tonight. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. So the Knicks are playing tonight. Exactly. And uh, they're playing the Bucks. And then tonight you've got Phoenix playing the Lakers. Have they get have the players been had any thoughts on this that have been like public? Both, you know, positive and negative. Okay. You know, some players have said, Hey, you know, it's it, it's cool, this and that, and others are just saying, you know, we don't want to put this added pressure on on these games in December and in in November. Now the money's nice, but let's be honest, these NBA players really don't need any more money. Bench warmers do. Not really. I mean, not really. When you look at what even the twelfth man, no, I know. In the but association I'm is making, it's closer to their salary than it is to like okay, LeBron. So, so the, here's the thing, though. Okay, this argument comes up a lot in the WNBA because there's the winning money, bonus money for the tournament. You know, the Commissioner's Cup, the WNBA has, which yeah. the NBA kind of patterned this off of. Now, and you make that argument, which is very true, that if you're the ninth through 12th player on a WNBA roster, yeah, that bonus money comes in pretty handy. Could really use that. But in the NBA, you got to remember, even street free agents are making a bucket load of money. And then again, you know, the rookie contracts are pretty sweet as well for NBA players. So, yeah, the money is is not the issue with this thing. Again, you got to remember why the NBA created this thing. To oh. keep the players interested and to make sure that players played games. Okay? So it's a message to the coaches. It's a me- message to the organizations. It's like, hey, play your players. We don't want you to get five, six games into the season and start resting players and use that term, the most evil term, in the NBA is load management. Let's don't hear that. So let's create this tournament. We'll put a boatload of money on the table. We'll dress up the courts so we make it really different and hopefully fans will buy into this. And, you know, some fans have bought into it. The attendance has, has been fine. But you got to remember, most NBA arenas, okay, most of these seats are season ticket holders. And... 
most teams have only had, you know, 15, not even 15, 20 games yet. I haven't played that many games. So they're going to these early season games right now because there's interest and they want to, they want to see. So you don't really need to dress it up the way they're doing, but this is what we're doing, what they're doing. So we'll see. But it would be kind of ironic if you had, I don't want to say four bottom feeders, but just four non marquee NBA perennial playoff teams that are in the playoffs. Wouldn't that be better for them? Because it would get give them uh, highlights. You know, it would give them that spotlight. The teams? Yeah. It does. Like, if you were to put, like, a Magic in here, or... But you got to remember, it's short-lived. I I understand that. So, again, most of the fans couldn't even tell you what the pods are or the brackets Nobody of, of, of which, oh, this in, and this is kind of the issue with the WNBA with the Commissioner's Cup game. Uh, what's a Commissioner's Cup game? Oh, okay, well, we're in tune to the final. We get that because we've been hearing about it, and there's the build, and now, okay, this is supposed to be must-see TV. Here is the one game. So the NBA is getting to that, and that'll be Saturday night. And to have it in Vegas gives it a little more glitz glamour. Yeah. This is what they've been doing with you know dressing up the courts and everything. It's they're just trying to make it glitzy. Are we going to have a Vegas salad court? It. What? Are we going to have a Vegas salad court? You think? Yeah, you're going to have a goofy looking court. God, you know, no. It'll, 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 I mean, they all look kind of goofy. The, the, but, everyone looks goofy, yeah. but they're they're just different. They're yeah. different from what you know the home courts are normally. So anyway, but I think yeah, you know when you are thinking about this, hey, we're going to have an in-season tournament. It's going to be like an NBA Finals. No, that's that's not the case. Remember, it's just a one-game scenario. And here's what I'll equate it to. I'll equate it to the uh, NBA Summer League. Okay? It's like, who cares who's in the championship game? Now, the only thing that, the di- that is different here is that you're getting the regular players that are playing in these games compared to an NBA Summer League. But I think that's where the hype starts and ends, you know, right there. And then because it's happening in such a quick time frame, the first month and a half of the season, it'll be long forgotten. And then we're going to get back to load management in these games coming up in January and February. And then we'll come to the all-star break and then we'll get a little bit more of that. And then people will start getting, okay, now we got to start, you know, looking at playoff seedings and, and that sort of thing. So Again, uh, you know, to each his own. If, if they enjoy it, they don't. But again, answer to your question, mixed reaction, you know, from the players. Uh, some are into it, some enjoy it. They're all going to say pretty much the right thing, but others are saying, you know, nah, it's, it's, it's kind of goofy. And especially, we got a lot of negativity with the point differential thing that we heard last week. And it was different for players. We talked about that, I believe it was last Tuesday when we talked about that. So uh, a little bit different. But at any rate, uh, that is really not the target today. We know what the target is for a Terrible Tuesday. It's Terrible Tuesday. That's terrible. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. That's a terrible idea. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. Something stinks in here. That's terrible. (laughs) It's Terrible Tuesday. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. All right, it's the college football playoff. <laughs> what is wrong? Where do I start? Where do I end? Because every year we have this argument in the following Monday or Tuesday of the 
first Sunday in December when the committee meets for two straight days and then they come up with the total chaos. Yes, it's the same thing. Who should be in? Who should be out? It is so redundant. And why is it so redundant? Because people want to argue. Because normally there are, and this year is no exception, even more so, more than four teams that are deserved. And i got to be careful to use that word deserving because, remember, deserving is probably not the right word to put in because nothing in the criteria says anything about deserving. Just like it doesn't say anything about being undefeated. Quotation marks. Parentheses. Whatever. Is that the same? Quotation marks and parentheses the same as dressing and stuffing? Huh? I think so. Yeah. See what I'm saying? See? You want to bag at me for saying dressing? Well, some of our guests say dressing. Some say stuffing. Parentheses, quotation marks. You be the judge of that. All right. As I digress. But that's fine. Yes, it is redundant because we have no clear-cut criteria. Remember, here is the criteria that the college football playoff committee has instituted. Conference championship. That's important. Strength of schedule. It's important. Head-to-head. That's important. Comparative outcome. It's important. Key players available at the end of the season. That's important. But you notice why I kept saying that's important? Because one is not more important than the other. These are just considerations. You know, when you get into most sports and there's like a tie, what do you normally have? A tiebreaker system, don't you? A, B, C, D, E, etc. There is no such thing. That's why we have a problem amongst so many other things here. Because there's no particular order. These are just guidelines. So what does it turn into? A debate. And of course, there will be people out there. We heard media members talk about it. We hear fans talk about it. Well, everyone has their own agenda. And I'm not buying that. You know, the, the committee, I don't think, has their own agenda. Yeah, I, I really don't. It's all a debate. Because the head of the committee for the college football playoff was the athletic director at North Carolina State, which is an ACC team. So there are people who are saying, why don't you back your ACC team in Florida State? Because it's really not an issue. And there was another committee member who was from the ACC on that committee, and Florida State didn't get in. Well, we know why Florida State didn't get in, and I'll get to that here in a minute. I'll repeat myself from yesterday's show. But every year there is a problem that is exposed. All right? Strength of schedule, the head-to-head, the common opponents. The bottom line is this, is that the system is imperfect. Everyone knows it because it's been that way for a long, long time. And nothing is done about it. That's where the problem is. It's an imperfect system, and everyone just, mm, well, we're going to hopefully we can slide these team in, all these these four teams in, and no one will bitch about it, and no one will, will try to expose us and, and point out stuff that is very obvious to one's face. No, they don't do anything about it. The cure is you do something about it. Because this has been an archaic system for the last 10 years. And before that, it was even worse because then it was just two teams. We've been 10 years at this now. 10 years. And we were screaming, let's go from two to eight. 
We don't need the 16. We don't need the 12. We don't need that. You know, eight would be perfect. But no, no, no. We can't do it. Can't do it. And then let's go back 20 years prior to that when we couldn't even get to two. It had to be a vote. Remember that? The committee had to vote because before, 50 years ago, it was just the AP voters. Then they had the UPI. People probably don't even know what the UPI is anymore. You know what UPI is? You're in your 30s, aren't you? I'm trying to remember 40. what it was. United I- Press International. Because they had their poll. The Associated Press had their poll. Then you had the coaches' poll. And then they couldn't agree. Let's have a committee. Let's get the top two. Yeah, it's it's been a nightmare. We've gone from two. It's been a nightmare. Four has been just as much of a nightmare. And now next year, we finally get rid of this archaic system. And we get to 12 teams. It's taken college football a hundred years to get here. Think about it. Taking us a hundred years and we're still not there yet. Next year, we'll be there with 12 teams having a true playoff. So after years of complaining and finding reasons not to do the right thing, Spike Lee, finally things are going to change. But guess what? That doesn't help out Georgia this year. Doesn't help out Florida State. It's no good to them right now because most of those kids are going to be gone next year. They're not going to be around. But wait till next year. The 12-team playoff is around. That's what the committee is saying. Well, you know, we think we got it right, but there's nothing we can do about it. Of course there's something you can do about it because you're doing something about it. And the 12-team playoff, for those that don't know, was supposed to start this year. But because they had this big argument last year and they couldn't decide when to start this thing, and they said, well, we still got some things to iron out, so let's just table it till 2025. The 12-team playoff starts next year. All right. We've been complaining about this forever. Myself, media members, fans, and coaches. The late, great Mike Leach, who passed away going back a little more than a year ago. He was on this thing going back into 2017. Remember what Mike Leach said about the college football playoff committee and selecting these four teams? Is the is the mind-numbingly short-sighted notion that four teams for a playoff, you know, somehow establishes something and that that's a very clever approach. I mean, that's such a brilliant approach. That's why everybody does it that way. You know, I mean, nobody does it that way. I mean, if we we're so smart, wouldn't all the other sports say, I know what, let's have a committee, you know, because why not? Because, you know, we're American. We love committees. Let's get us a committee. Well, who should be on the committee? Well, I don't know. This guy's a good guy. Let's have him on the committee. Well, I mean, there's people on the committee that don't even have remote associations with football, nor have they at any level other than being a fan. But you know what? Let's have them on a committee. Why not? And then, um, I mean, it'd be fun. We'd go to that resort. We could talk. We could hang out at dinner. And then we'll decide which four teams should go. Because you know why? We don't need to solve this on the field. Because we're the ones that know. And then, um, um, so, I mean, you know, if we're going to do it that way, we should just ask them at the beginning of the season, you know, just go ahead and you guys vote on it, figure out one, two, three, and four, and why, why even have the games? To me, I mean, that, that, it's not a playoff. There's nothing to play off about it. And, and 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 this is even if we make it. Even if we make it, my thoughts don't change. Um, um, 
I mean, how can you how can you call it a playoff when when there's four teams? Uh, conference champions don't even necessarily make the playoffs because you know why? Because the committee knew better. There you go, Mike Leach, having some fun jabs at that point in time, but so true as well too. But let's go di- a little bit deeper than just the college football playoff. Let's go to college football in general. All right, it is the most imperfect sport that we have. Weird, isn't it? Because do you know what maybe the most perfect sport is of all the sports when you're talking about crowning a champion? College basketball. College football is the most imperfect and college basketball is the most perfect. How can one sport be different than another when you have the same governing body? Oh, wait a minute. We don't have the same governing body because we have a college football playoff committee and the NCA basically says we got nothing to do with that. But then with the college NCAA men's basketball committee, a little bit different. But here's the difference. They invite the world. They invite 68 teams to participate, not four. They invite 68 teams. You play it out and you crown yourself a champion. You have a balanced regular season in college basketball, right? A balanced regular season schedule. In your conference, you have conference tournaments to help guide you who should be a conference champion. So you play that out for a course of three or four days. And then you have the big NCAA National Tournament. Oh, yeah, it can be done in football, but they've just turned their head on it. It's done in football, though, isn't it? Aha! It is done. Do you know at the whatever they call it, the FCS level, because don't forget, you know, we can't call it Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three anymore. No, we have to have FBS, Bowl Subdivision, Championship Division. Isn't that weird that the lower division is called the Championship Division, Subdivision? Go figure. But anyway, they have a 16-team tournament. 16-team tournament. Since 1973. Do the math, Numchuck. How far? How long is that? 50, 50 years. years. Very good. F math? Well, you got it right today. Yeah, I know. Even a squirrel finds a nut once in a while. Every once in a while. Yes. Since 1973, the Division II slash FCS level has gotten it right. But D1 and the FBS, they haven't done it right. They just have more BS. (sighs) Why not do it like this? Because it will only make you more money. You being, of course the NCAA, and those universities, and those conferences, right? Hey, maybe if they made enough money with this, they could stop inviting North Alabama to play Florida State in the middle of November and to forget all these payday huge games. It would be spread not only just amongst the conferences, but amongst every university at the D1 level. But what is the reason it hasn't happened yet? Plain and simple. Being stubborn. Pride. Stupidity. That's it. Plain and simple. But next year, finally, we won't have this argument. But there will be some idiots out there that will still want to have an argument and say, well, look at number 12, number 13, number 14 should have been in. 15 should have been in. They should have stopped that nonsense. 15 should have been in. If you're outside of the top eight, you don't deserve to be in. All right? What was that? 
You don't deserve to be in. There you go. That's Robbie from Digstown. You deserve to lose, Daddy. How about that? All right. We get it right next year, but still, it is a mess right now. Transfer portal's open. Are you happy? Oh, yes. The football transfer portal opened yesterday. Coming to a theater or a city near you. Yes, for the next 29 days, anybody can jump in the transfer portal and change schools for whatever reason they want. Now, is this really a bad thing or a good thing? Let's examine it. You got a lot of big-time players that are saying F you to their universities. Ohio State quarterback Kyle McCord leaving Ohio State. Oklahoma quarterback Dylan Gabriel leaving. Had a great year. McCord had a great year. But they're leaving perennial powerhouses to go where? And many others are leaving their current schools as well, too. But what is happening at a couple major schools like Ohio State? 12 players are leaving this program. Now, this team was undefeated. They were talked about being in the college football playoff up until they got beat again by Michigan. And 12 players yesterday said, I'm out of here. There are 15 players at South Carolina that says, I'm out of here. Now, granted, South Carolina... A once pretty good program, proud program, but they haven't been very good. Spencer Rattler, nice quarterback, came from Oklahoma, right? He left and he went over to South Carolina. A lot of them are leaving there. But what is happening in Ohio State? Why is this happening in Ohio State? Is this the beginning of the end of the Buckeye so-called dominance? Could Ohio State turn into like a modern-day Nebraska and is it because you have Ryan Day? Because I'm telling you, the only reason players exit like this, they have a mass exodus, is because of a head coach. Now, sure, they want to explore. Maybe guys aren't getting their their playing time. But here's the problem. Your starting quarterback is leaving. Your starting wide receiver are, are leaving. That doesn't make any sense. So what's wrong with the transfer portal? I'll tell you. We go from as hard as heck to transfer to one school to another, had to get a waiver, had to sit out a year, had to go through all this nonsense to, uh, you can transfer anywhere you want, anytime you want. You don't have to sit out. It's 180 degree opposite. So why can't we just find the happy medium? That would be cool to find the happy medium, but we don't have that. Nope. Transfer portal's open. And uh, new players are coming to a school near you. Very nice. Back to the product on the field. How about Michigan and Iowa? Every week we talk about Iowa setting football back 100 years. All right, well, let's just go back one more time to that Big Ten championship game. Iowa had 155 total yards. 155 total yards for a team that was 10-2. and two. 35 yards rushing, three fumbles, and they possessed the ball for only 23 minutes in that game. Can they discover the forward pass in Iowa City? No. They Obviously they haven't, all right? And then people want to talk about Florida State. Well, let me tell you what. Florida State isn't that far behind. All right? Florida State should be in the playoff. Against Louisville, in their ACC championship game, they won 16-6. to But it was ugly. They scored one touchdown and had three field goals. But their quarterback, Brock Glenn, was 8-for-21 with 55 yards passing. Florida State, as a team, had 219 yards. This is why Florida State is not in the playoff. Yes, ACC was kind of weak. 
They're always kind of on the outside looking in. And then when it came down to it, okay, they played Louisville, wasn't very good, and they barely won. But yes, it's player availability. That's why. That's why they're not in the college football playoff. 13-0, God bless them, very good defense. But Iowa, God bless them. They played hard against Michigan, got a great defense. But it's not good enough to be in the playoff. How can a university like Florida State have a second and third string quarterback that are inept? Every program at this level has All-Americans, high school All-Americans, that are sitting behind their first string quarterbacks. We see players, quarterbacks that come in and relieve starting quarterbacks, so there's midseason changes, and these guys pick up. They were great. So I don't hear the excuse that, uh, well, you got to give this guy time and it's not fair. Uh, well, they're both freshmen, the second, third string quarterbacks, and they weren't very good. Maybe they should have had a senior or a junior backing them up or somebody better. But the bottom line is Florida State didn't have a backup. It's too bad what happened to Jordan Travis. Broke his leg in a game, a meaningless game, against North Alabama in the middle of November. But it's too bad. But So when people start to mention that Florida State should be in the playoff, just look at their most recent game, which is their most important game of the year because it was a conference championship game they had to win to get in. And they got 55 yards of passing. They had 219 yards of total offense. That is not playoff worthy. All right. We're going to get some more Terrible Tuesdays a little bit later on the show. But when we come back, Steve Berline is going to join us, and we are going to talk NFL. And plus, we will get the former Notre Dame fighting Irish quarterback. We're going to get his thoughts regarding the college football playoff and a whole lot more on a Terrible Tuesday. I'm ready to go in, Coach. Just give me a chance. The doctor is now in. In. All right, don't forget, we'll be at the Westgate Las Vegas for our Friday extravaganza. Oh, yes. Bringing it on Friday with our Best Bet segment and a whole lot more. Come on, see the show live, 2 to 4 p.m. And uh, no college Best Bets this week, except we normally do an Army-Navy. But one of our special guests wants nothing to do with Army-Navy. Double B, Brian Benowitz, coming in the house, Double B. Making a guest appearance. We'll talk some VGK hockey. Of course, Marco D'Angelo, Jay Cornegay as well. And uh, we'll talk a lot about the Las Vegas Bowl coming up here on December the 23rd. Get your tickets for the Las Vegas Bowl. And a uh, decent matchup with uh, Utah and uh, Northwestern. My man, Johnson Senti, was cranking the horn last night. Went to the Vegas Golden Knights game, their, their loss against the St. Louis Blues last night. And there's John. There it is. Crank. Cranking it. Very nicely done. He told me they couldn't find anybody else to do it. That's why he was there. Couldn't find anybody else important, you know? All right. But you I know mean, what? you were there. I was there, but I don't think they knew I was there. Because remember, I was a civilian last night. Yes, you were. Yeah, a civilian. All right. You know who's important? Our next guest. Because he's flying all over the country. You see him on TV. Can't miss the show on Monday. The NFL Monday quarterback on the CBS Sports Network, 3.30 p.m. You can hear him on the radio doing college football, the NFL. The one and only Steve Berline, the pride of Notre Dame. He still has that gold helmet because he can wear it one more time this year. Where are you going? To the Sun Bowl? Is that where, is that where you're going? To El Paso, Texas? Well, that, that 
that has that been officially announced? I guess it has. That's what everybody's saying. What is it? Oregon State, Notre Dame. Is that right? That is true. That is true. And and just so you know, your Fighting Irish now are a double digit favorite because we're not sure if Oregon State's even making the trip. Their head coach said, "Well, well I'm not coming. Uh, the quarterback's not coming, and uh, other players aren't coming." Yeah, the coach and the quarterback both uh, kind of exited via the transfer portal there, huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, hold on. Let's, let, can we do the breaking news here for Steve Berline here? Here it is. All right. Now, this is where you can find Steve Berline. All right. On December the 29th, Steve Berline will be in El Paso, Texas, probably, at, an, at a watering hole before and after the game. Some fine Mexican food at the – I got that wrong, Steve. I said it was the Sun Bowl. I am. I am so sorry. It is the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. <laughs> well, listen, I can tell you this, and and I mean this sincerely. When I when I was uh, worthy enough of doing television games <laughs> for CBS, you still are, my day, friend. Okay, you still are. I'll yeah, remember that. Yeah. Well, whatever. Uh, point point being that when when I was uh, on their uh, active roster. I did the Sun Bowl two times, and uh, Oregon State actually was in one of those Sun Bowls that I did cover. I can't remember who they were playing, uh, but Matt Moore was the quarterback. Um, but I can tell you this, that really, uh, you know, and this is all prior prior to all the last, you know, last few years of what the heck is going on at the border right now, but El Paso rolls out the red carpet for those teams and for for that event, it is their biggest deal, and and they take it seriously. They take a lot of pride in it, and it is a an absolute blast down there. And uh, I can tell you, just from experience, it's a good time. And if if, uh, if you get an opportunity to go down there and be a part of it, you'll you'll enjoy yourself. I would imagine we could get some good Mexican food in El Paso too, right? Yeah, you got some great Mexican food down there for sure, mm-hmm. and uh, and the hospitality is really what kind of separates, you know, they, they get all the leaders in the community, all the business leaders, everybody, they all step up and, and just they're, they're volunteering and driving people around and making sure that you, all the hospitality suites are stocked and, uh, you know, you get all the, the, the libations that you could possibly want. And, uh, you know, just really a good time all the way around. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Steve Berline, the former uh, NFL analyst with uh, CBS Sports and College Football Analyst on the television side, and now the current uh, president of the Chamber of Commerce of El Paso. <laughs> That's right. That's it. right. All they, right, they, they pay better than they pay better than you do. Let's put it that Whoa, way. Whoa! They may give you some. They may give you some darn good Mexican food, but I'm going to give you the fine chicken delight over here, brother. <laughs> If I'm lucky, you'll give it to me. Yes, that's right. That's true. Yeah, you just got to get here, my man. You just got to get here. The, the Tito's are waiting for you, okay? Love it. Love what, it. What do you think? Okay, man, we talked a lot about this yesterday. I want your take, though. All right, uh, the college football playoff. I want to know what the Steve Berline criteria is here, and then give me your four. You know, the, the, uh, the system is screwed up, obviously. We all agree that, that that is the case, and we're all – very excited about the expansion of it, um, you know, co- that's coming down the road here very soon. But, you know, this um, hopefully will be the last time we have this conversation about, you know, who deserves to be in there. Um, you know, there, there are six teams that, that can make a legitimate, you know, uh, statement or case for themselves being in the playoffs. Uh, the two that aren't uh, that, that a lot of people believe should be our Florida State and Georgia. 
And but but I do think that if if you're going by the best four teams right now, and unfortunately that that does incorporate taking injury into the equation, and um, you know who who they think is going to match up the best. Um, I think they got it right, and and I I, know, I guarantee you that Michigan does not want to play Alabama. I mean, they do not, and nobody would want to play Alabama right now after what they saw uh, Alabama do to 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 um, you know Georgia last week. Um, you know, Michigan obviously is in uh, it's Texas. Um, you know, they they have absolutely every right to be there. Um, it, it, it's. I don't know if there is a, 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 I mean, the big argument obviously is the Florida State snub and, and, but not having Travis Jordan, I think is, um, you know, a, a legitimate, uh, I guess, issue to raise and, uh, to kind of base their decision on with, with him playing, they can play with anybody, but with them, with him not playing, they can lose to almost anybody. And, uh, you know, that's, that was proven the last, you know, week, two weeks of the season, uh, where they, you know, they, they just barely skated by. But, uh, based on merit, based on the four, the undefeated season, I could see and I understand and I, I'd be doing the same thing if I was a, a member of the Florida State, uh, you know, uh, organization or you know, as a player or a coach or if I was a fan of Florida State, uh, that argument is 100% valid. Uh, but I, but I do believe that the committee got it right. Washington obviously believes, uh, belongs in there too with the, the teams they've beaten over the course of the year and the level of play that Michael Penix is playing at. Uh, that's a really good football team. So I don't know who you bump out, uh, and put Florida State in. Obviously Alabama's the argument that, that, uh, uh, they, do they really belong, but I guarantee you nobody wants to play them. So. Um, it's a tough call, but I think they got it right. I think they got the four best teams, and hopefully we'll have a few good games out of it. See, I'm going to differ a little bit here. And, again, we're on the same page with Florida State, and we could be as nice as we want. But, again, you know, when you look at the so-called criterion, one thing does not mean more than the other between conference championships, strength of schedule, head-to-head, comparative outcome, key players available at the end of the season. And that's where it, that's where it's, it stops right there with Florida State when your quarterback – is not there. And when you have two backup quarterbacks that can't get the job done and you have 55 yards of passing in your most important game, 219 total yards in your most important game against Louisville, I, I, I'm sorry it, it, because they would be non-competitive against any of these teams. So for me, yeah. it's easy. Florida State is, is not the one. For me, it's Georgia, Steve. This is a team yeah. that won 29 in a row. This is a team that was consensus number one. This team was favored to beat Alabama, but they only lost Alabama by three points. And arguably, and not even say arguably, it's a fact, the SEC is still the co- toughest conference. So for me, someone else has got to go and Georgia's got to get in there because Georgia doesn't but drop from one to six. I mean, that's ridiculous. But it, but it, but it can't be Alabama. Right, because no. Alabama just beat them. No, for and me, the, it's so, got to so be Washington Texas. or Texas. For me, it's but, it's but it can't be Washington. It can't be Washington. They've beaten good teams all the way along, um, and 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 stepped up and won the conference championship in a very surprisingly good Pac Pac twelve or whatever you want to call it now. So it would have to be Texas, uh, who just pounded Oklahoma State, 
in the uh, in the Big Twelve championship game. Okay, hold on. So, I, I'm now moving you. I'm moving you from the uh, president of the Chamber of Commerce of El Paso to now the head chair of the committee because we could use you on this committee. Okay, so I'm going to put you over there. <laughs> and then, in, in my argument to you, uh, Mr. Chairman of the committee, is this. Uh, I'll disagree respectfully about Washington because remember they were suspect to begin with. They were a 10 point underdog to Oregon. So no one thought that Washington was going to be in. They thought, okay, Oregon's going to win. So Washington's out of the equation, but they beat Oregon twice. Granted that that's fine, but I, I dispute their, their, their resume. They had ugly wins against Arizona State on their home field, 15 to seven. They, they beat Stanford. Not by very much in, in Washington State on their home field uh, in the last play of the game. And really, I mean, they, they didn't have a bunch of quality wins. And so you're, you're saying that some of the Alabama, uh, you know, they almost got beat, should have got beat by Auburn. Uh, yeah. uh, there were a lot, a couple of other very ugly early games in the season. We know when they're going back through their, their quarterback struggles. Uh, you can also look at some of the Georgia games. There, there, there were some uh, games where Georgia did not look like the best team in the country. True. So you're saying that their ugly wins uh, uh, me are not as ugly as Washington with you know scooting by yeah. a couple of times. Yeah, I am saying that because they they had Arizona State and Stanford and Washington State all in their home field, and they were more than double digit favorites. And again, we look at it from a Vegas perspective too, where those teams shouldn't even be competitive against them, and and and, and they barely won. And again, you're a ten point underdog against Oregon, and admit it. Didn't you think Oregon was going to beat Washington yourself? We were going to be talking about you know Washington. I, I I wasn't conceding that one at all. No, by no means. Okay. I, I thought the spread was a little bit uh, unfair. And I, you know, Washington was lighting the scoreboard up no matter who you put them on the the field against, and you knew that was going to be a shootout. And uh, I didn't think Oregon was going to run away with that game at all. I thought Washington had a chance to win that game for sure. But but this point being that we're going to always have these discussions because I do agree. Georgia is definitely one of the top four teams there it is. in the country. There it is. But, but, but I, I think Texas and Washington are as well. Okay. So then Alabama I mean, would so be that, up that, There's five teams that have a legitimate claim to be in the four, one of the four best teams in the country. And, you know, the, the, the timing, unfortunately, that does come into play. And the fact that, um, you know, that, that Alabama – uh, is that team that scooted in uh, to the, the SEC championship and then took down uh, Georgia uh, that by by virtue of that recent you know sound win? You can't bump Alabama, um, and so you know I don't know. It, it's it's a it's a it's a obviously a, a very very uh, passionate argument that people are uh, making all over the country right now, and I understand why Georgia's pissed tonight. Totally understand why Florida State is too, because they couldn't have done any better. You know, injuries injuries do happen, and they still you know came through uh, and and met all the criteria uh, for making it to the the, the college football playoff. <laughs> so, you know, what what can we do? Yeah. All right. Well, you got to fire me as a commissioner now again. You know, I was just going to say I'm sending you back to your day job at the uh, El Paso uh, <laughs> Chamber of Commerce. There you go. Yeah, because <laughs> I didn't clear it up for you, did I? You didn't clear it up for me. Yeah, you're just as disappointed as that North Carolina State Athletic Director who said, "Yeah." <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's unbelievable, but but I mean, 
that just compl- every year it seems like, and, and some years more magnified than others, but it just seems like every single year we have the same conversation. Right. Somebody got snubbed that belongs there. And uh, now when, when they expand, you know, I don't think that the arguments will be as valid because you're going to be talking about teams that don't realistically, even though they may be undefeated, uh, they don't realistically have a claim to um, to being in the national championship conversation if they're not one of those teams that qualifies the top, you know, what is it going to be? Uh, are they going to go to 12? What, what, it's going to be full 12, yeah. So if you can't get in as one of the top 12, yeah. then the you, don't have a, you don't have a legitimate gripe, yeah. So, it. I mean, even those 11th and 12th teams – really don't belong there but you're you're eliminating the conversation by going that deep so i think it's great i i know you got to get going but real quick a quick take on the nfl from uh, last sunday uh thoughts niners eagles quarterback injuries kenny pickett uh, trevor lawrence last night what stood out to you real quick over the weekend well you know the the niners obviously that's something of, of philadelphia was the most impressive uh win of the weekend they just they they just seem to know how to turn it on when they need to turn it on and uh the you know the three game skid middle of the season i think could not have come at a better time uh as far as their their concern there's never a good time for that but as far as uh them being able to have time to right the ship and get refocused and get healthy again you know through the bye week and everything else uh they're a team on a mission and they're going to be impossible to to beat i think as long as they stay healthy um, you know, devastating injury specifically to, to uh, Trevor Lawrence. Did they come out and have they have they expanded on uh, the significance of it yet? No, I, I haven't heard uh, length of time. Anything. I know it's a high ankle yeah. sprain. I know that. So you know how dangerous yeah. or you know what that can do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and uh, shoot, you, you, you. I mean, that's a team that had they won that game, and I think they would have won with uh, Trevor Lawrence in there. I don't think there's any. Well, there's doubt, but. Um, you know, I think that they would have won that game. Um, they still should have won the game with McManus should have made that first field goal. Um, but, uh, you know, that's a team that should have been the number one seed after last night, had he not gone down the way that he did. Um, and, and they're, they're obviously a completely different team with him on the field. Uh, but then, you know, Cincinnati, uh, has gone through the same thing with losing Joe Burrow. And, uh, you know, Browning stepped up last night, looked pretty darn good. Now we'll see if he can keep it together and keep them in the hunt. I don't, I don't foresee that happening, but, uh, a really, uh, impressive, uh, showing by him and the Bengals last night in general. Uh, but, you know, uh, Kenny Pickett, the, 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 the Steelers, uh, they were going to make the playoffs probably with Pickett and, uh, they were going to probably, you know, scare somebody in the first round. That was going to be about it. Because that team, obviously, with the offense that they have, they're not going to, they weren't going to make any real noise in the playoffs. So, uh, you know, it, it maybe Trubisky could end up being an upgrade offensively with the new offensive coordinator, coordinator, uh, that, or whoever's calling plays there now. So we'll, we'll see how that works itself out. But, uh, potentially their offense could get better with Trubisky in there now. So, uh, who knows? Uh, but I think those are the main stories. We could get into a lot of other stuff, but, as you said, I've got to run right now. I've got a yeah. another previous commitment, so I apologize. No, no worries, brother. I just think a uh, final thing here that's pretty ironic that uh, your former teams, uh, some of your former teams, the Raiders, the Panthers, and, and the Jaguars, all have you know quarterback 
uh, problems, injuries, and are deficient. And your number is probably still available over in those locker rooms. I, it might be time for you to come on and visit, you know, any one of those teams. Let's go. You, you know, got to be better than point. any of those ham and acres right now. I'm telling you. That, that, that's a good point. I'd want to get my other knee replaced before I got that done, though. I've, I've had both hips and, and one knee. I'd like to get another new joint, new knee joint before I go out there and try to make that move. Uh, maybe, maybe next year. I'll make myself available. I still think you on one and a half limbs is is better than uh, those three teams' quarterbacks right now, my friend. You know, I, I'll tell you what: if they could, if they could block it up, I, I think I could, you know, throw it as efficiently as they are. Let's put it that way, my man. All right, brother. Appreciate the time as always. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, bud. See you. There he is, Steve Berline. Uh, fantastic as always. Uh, check him out on the NFL Monday quarterback with his other quarterback brothers, uh, to the CBS Sports Network 330. He airs there on the West Coast, uh, NFL Monday quarterback. They were, they tape that or record that, however you want to say it, over, uh, on Mondays over there in New York City. He's back in LA right now and, uh, always appreciate the time with my man, Steve Berline, the former quarterback. Mm hmm. Taking care of business. The chicken lover. The chicken lover. And I have now appointed him as the president of the El Paso, Texas Chamber of Commerce. Sun Bowl. See, I never wanted really to go to a Sun Bowl or see the Sun Bowl. But here's the thing, though. A lot of those, I want to say it's a lesser bowl. It's been around a long time. They've had some pretty good matchups. They are big on the hospitality. And when remember we were talking about, you know, taking away some of these bowl games because there's too many bowl games, only, you know, 41 to be exact, 43, whatever the number is, ridiculous. But these communities really thrive with that. And they really can use the money, the, the revenue that's generated from these bowl games. And uh, El Paso, I'm sure I can get some great Mexican food in El Paso. You think? I think so. I think so, I think too. So. Mm. I mean, if I can find it in Texas, I can find it in Dallas. I know I could find it in El Paso. Yeah. A little more authentic, probably. Closer to the border, right? Of course. Yeah. All right, my friend. Uh, appreciate Steve Berline. When we come back on the other side of the hour, guy hasn't joined us for a while. Paul Buckpower Stewart. Oh, yes. Our favorite British broadcaster. Going to have some fun with him. Going to light him up a little bit, too. I don't know if he realizes that or not. I probably gave it away. I know he's listening right now. Get ready, Buckpower. Get ready to bring it as we talk all things England and maybe a little Tampa Bay Buccaneers football as well, but probably really don't want to touch on that. We got that going and a whole lot more coming your way. More Terrible Tuesday. We got some classic audio for you to listen to next hour as well. So hang tight with that as we continue on with or without the Moody Blues. It doesn't matter to me chasing the clouds away.